Hey guys, I'm Rob. Hey, it's Brian. And with our powers combined, we are are the Nostalgic Nostalgic Dads Podcast. That was perfect. That was was great. That was great. How about we uh, let everyone know what we're talking about today? Okay. So, we got you. I think you picked this one. Yeah, I did this. This one. But ultimately, a great choice. We are going over uh, season one of Street Sharks. Yeah, from 1994, I believe. Uh, I was looking. I think this show, I didn't see how many seasons, but I think it said it has 40 episodes in total. Yeah, I think it went 94 to 96. But kind of funny enough, uh, with our format, we doing the first episode, the middle episode, and the last episode. Season one is only three episodes. Yep, so they yeah. totally did us a favor there. Yeah, which is weird, because I don't recall any cartoons only having three episodes for their first season. No, me neither. So I I don't know what happened there or how that was decided, but they they kept it short and I guess it worked for them and they kept going. Yeah, because like this one, like I was telling you, um, this season each episode plays into each other, so you can pretty much just binge it all together like watching a movie. Yeah, you could if you wanted to, you could edit it all together, and it would be this like hour and a half. Um, special. Yeah, which, which actually I think really helps for it. So I don't know if they keep it up for the other seasons or not, but it's a, made a really easy watch. Yeah, I, I would hope they, they kept it going that way. I remember watching this uh, when I was younger, but I mainly, I more remember the toys than the actual show. Yeah, I remember the toys too. Yeah, had a lot of those. Those were awesome toys. Yeah, and they're like big and bulky toys. Yeah. So, of course, this uh, cartoon's definitely trying to cash in on the hype of the Ninja Turtles, as were a bunch of other cartoons of the time period. Yeah, take uh, just the the idea of mutation, make this super team, and um, also the same number of team members, team of four. Yeah, I mean, all they're it, missing is their wife's little rat. Yeah, exactly. It was a working combination, and uh, there are a lot of parallels that I was seeing and uh, they're just like, you know, let's change stuff around. Make sure you use as much uh, lingo that implies them being a shark as possible. Yeah. Um, there's also an insult towards the Ninja Turtles at one point. I'm not sure if it was in the first episode or not. Um, I know exactly what you're talking about. Let me see if it... Oh, no, that was the second episode. Second episode where... Uh... Pizza? Yeah. It's, uh, <laughs> yeah. Is it Riggs or Ben? No, it's Ben's. This is the psychic's name, right? Yeah. Yeah, he's like, I think it's him. He said, hey, you want to go get some pizza? And they're like, yeah, pizza? Yeah. So, but let's not jump ahead of ourselves. Let's uh, <laughs> get into the first episode, which is called Shark Bait. Um, pretty much pretty simple, straightforward. Uh, Dr. Paradine works with the street shark's father. They're all brothers. So it makes it a little bit easier. And uh, they're working with, was it genomes mutations or G-strands? I think it's G-Strand's mutations. I think and so. their father walks in on Dr. Paradine, who's doing a test without him, and fight breaks loose. Uh, the father gets a needle in the, net, in the neck, I believe. And then it, the street sharks get, you know, create it later on because the, the boys get captured as a ploy to try and make the father show up at a nuclear waste plant. Yes, there are a lot of 
needles flying around in the show and people getting injected constantly. Yeah, it's also really weird that, you know, they get the phone call, hey, your dad wants to meet at the nuclear plant. Just go go, go there and show up. It's and not the most common <laughs> spot to meet up with your father, I don't think. But, you know, it is what it is. And I love how they're also willing. Yeah, they, they don't see anything wrong with it whatsoever. Nope. They're like, all right, be right there. So did you want to start with any of your pointers for this episode? Uh, sure. So, Dr. Paradigm, the villain. First of all, right off the bat, you, like, he doesn't even have to say anything. If you put him in a crowd of people, you could point him out and be like, yes, that is the villain. Mm-hmm. Um, he's bald. He looks like a Bond villain to me. He He's bald, he has an accent, and he has an eye patch. A metal eye patch, a which metal. I have in my notes. Everything, why is it an eye patch that looks like it's bolted right to his head? Because it's got yeah. three bolts. It does, and then, therefore, you wouldn't need the, the band. Yeah. Makes you wonder what happened to him. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And also, why are we living in an era where we just bolt some metal to our, our face when we have an injury? Right. He he must have thought it would look cool. Yeah, probably. It's that '90s era badass. Also, this man is capable of crazy science and technology. He can't make a new eye for himself. Yeah, it's not a priority, I guess. Apparently not. Um. So, you know, his henchmen are the swordfish, the mutated swordfish, and the lobster. I thought it was weird that the the original form of the lobster was, like, super green. And I, yeah, I, I don't think I've I, seen that. I jotted that down, too. And it's also super big already in the test tube. Yes, that I thought was really weird. Also, they're starting out. I was like, is that thing mutated already? And you're going to mutate it again? Yeah, because you see the sharks swimming around in one of the bigger tanks, and they're all normal size. And you see this lobster, and it's giant and green. Taking up a tank on its own. Yeah. It's very weird. Um, I also had... So the city's called Fission, Fission City. Um, and then, like, right off the bat, you know, they got the, the eye in the sky guy um, flying around and recording. And you can see the city is, like, disgusting. Like, like the air is hazy. Um, big time eco message. Kind of using some... Um, Ideas from Captain Planet. Yeah, they would go well together. Yeah, I could just see him flying in, or if they had like a crossover, I could totally see that. The four sons. Um, I was I was trying to like get down their personality traits just based off of like how they looked before they they changed. Yeah. And obviously, so one's a nerd. He's like very smart. He's got a, a pet rat that can make him breakfast. Yeah. Um, you got the other dude who. Uh, is a kind of a skater bro? Yeah, he's like a rollerblader. He's the equivalent to Mikey. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know what? That's another thing to note. Obviously, the parallels, like we were saying, with Ninja Turtles. So we got the one brother who's nerdy. That's Donatello. We got the the skater, um, the roller skater, who's like Mikey. Um, there's the other dude who's... I couldn't... His character traits seem to be that he's like like a bum or he's lazy because when they called him he's just like sitting on the couch like what yeah he's the the hammerhead um now i forget his name uh well okay so i um okay the fourth brother is the jock because yep. he's like this well they're all really in shape already which i thought was interesting um but their names are and i don't know which one is which ripster jab 
streaks, which is like street, but spelled with an X. <laughs> and then Big Slamu, which is the best name I've ever heard in my life. Yeah, so Slamu is the jock. He's the big uh, whale shark, maybe. Okay. Uh, Ripster is the leader. Streets is the rollerblader. And then you said Jabs? Jab. Yeah, he he would be the hammerhead. Okay, that makes sense. So yeah, you know, we were talking about they, they get that call. They got to go meet their dad at the, was it power plant or something? Yeah. Or, yeah. Nuclear power plant, I believe. Yeah, and I love that the the guy who's rollerblading apparently knows he's going to get into some crazy situations rollerblading, so he came prepared with a parachute. Do you remember yeah, that? You got to just be prepared for anything in this world. There's <laughs> like jumping around and skating through, and they're all racing each other to get to the, the power plant, and then he's like, he I think he, he skates off a building or something high, and then he already had a parachute ready. Um, and then there's... Uh... Uh, Ripster's bike coop can apparently jump over barriers on the off ramps on the freeway. Yes. <laughs> I'm, I'm looking at my notes and I'm like, I've spelled Dr. Paradigm three different ways. One yeah. with uh, an yeah, I or a too. Y. Um, w- one kind of brutal thing was, so they all get injected. With, you know, like we said, crazy needles flying around. Um and then the doctor thinks they're dead, so he literally just ditches their body in a in a ditch. Yeah, that's something I had wrote down too. Um, because when he's changing the lobster and the swordfish over, it's like almost instant. Yeah, and I would also point out with the personality traits. Um, one's supposed to be Blackbeard, and one's supposed to be Genghis Khan. Really, for the for the henchmen? Yeah. Oh, I didn't. Yeah, they make that? references, and he actually. Because when he's doing the needles, he's taking personality traits from famous historians, and he picks uh, Genghis Khan, and then the other one says Captain Blackbeard. So, of course, oh, why, why those personality traits? I don't I know. have no idea, but uh, I, well, I was okay with it. It's definitely different. But yeah, that was something I didn't know why. Why does it take so long for the boys to change over? But the henchmen were instantly. Is it because they're animal form first and not human form? I think so. I think that was the difference. He, you know, he was he started experimenting on animals and then moved up to humans, and then it was like a, a very delayed response. Yeah, but yeah, like they said, they, they dumped them in a ditch. Some lady actually sees them and then like calls the cops, but then their their bodies are washed out um, before the cops see them, and, and then. Um, they're actually alive because then we wouldn't have the rest of the show if, it, if they were actually dead. And I remember they're eating, they go to a hot dog stand and they're eating hot dogs. And then as they're eating hot dogs, then they mutate into the sharks. Yeah. And then they, it's a Al's, Al's hot dog stand. And then they eat the whole entire stand. Yes. <laughs> they start munching on it. Like it's nothing. Uh, I actually like the scene when they're mutating. They, you know, they did, it wasn't just like this cheap, quick, like, oh, next frame, they're sharks. They, they yeah, showed them, like, transforming. Yeah, it kind of reminds me of uh, American Werewolf in London. Not as detailed, yes. of course, but well, you can course. definitely see the changing of the hands, the face, and all that kind of stuff. So that was a really nice touch. Yep. And good for them. They kept their eight packs. So congrats. Yeah, they're still in shape. You know, they're not fat mutated sharks. But, you know, whatever works remember. for them. I didn't know sharks could be super ripped, but that's cool. I would have no idea either. Uh, 
I have noted on here, it's like weird physics of the sharks when they're moving through the street. As in, like, I don't know how it would actually work or how they propel themselves, but they're able to just, like, go through concrete like it's... Yeah, nothing. the shark dive? Yeah. Also, with them being sharks, they never have to breathe underwater. They can just walk on land. I guess they just keep their human traits, even though they have the shark gills. They're like, whatever's the convenient stuff, I guess. Is... Yeah. Oh, yeah, because they do have the still gills, right? You can see them. Yeah. Hmm. Whatever oh. works. You know, it's not that or from gym physics where there's a fishbowl and a fishbowl oh. underwater. Underwater. So. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The, oh, the one thing I wanted to say is, so I was a little disappointed. I I thought I remember that their catchphrase was, you know, Jawsome. Because, I mean, they say it in the intro. Mm-hmm. Um, but really, you could turn it into a drinking game. Every time they say shark attack... And uh, you might be in trouble. Or just any fish line in general, and you'd be dead by the end of the episode. That would be a, a good game. But that would be, yeah, or, that'd be too much. Or even by the first 10 minutes. Yeah, they they, they really ham it up with those catchphrases, and it's great. Well, it's just like when Ben meets them for the first time as sharks. He calls them a bad B-movie. Oh, yeah, he does. He's, he's actually pretty calm about it to be surrounded by, like, four mutant sharks. Yeah, and he, he automatically knows somehow that it's, that's them. Yeah, that's them. He's like, you know what? I could sense it. I kind of made a, another connection to uh, Ninja Turtles that I felt like Ben's is kind of like Casey Jones. Um, and then the, I really don't remember, the, the female scientist is yeah. like, like April. Yeah, you know, they're helping them out and they're, they're like the human sidekicks. Um. Do you remember the where they're trying to get away from the police and they all fit in Ben's, was it a van? His weird hybrid car, van, van car truck, truck thing? Yeah, exactly. One, I don't know how they all fit in it. And uh, two, to escape, they're driving down the, the freeway there and they jump out. They don't show you jumping out, but they use their fang or their teeth to cut the car shape out of a billboard and then they put the car inside the billboard. Yes, that was hilarious. I was when that ha- it happened so fast, and I'm like, "You guys are being chased by cops, I believe, or something." Yeah. No one saw that at all. That you guys were like perfectly munching through a a billboard, and you fit the car in perfectly. Yeah, because how they must have be really fast to be able to cut the exact shape of that car. Then I know they're super strong, so picking up the car would be no no problem. But yeah, it was it was a funny moment. I liked it. Yeah, you just had to be like, you know what, just go with it. <laughs> oh, so there's a, I've, there's a line in there. Obviously, you know, they're, like we were saying, they, they say a lot of stuff relating to sharks. And um, there's part, I think it's someone, or I think maybe Ben saying it. He's like, can you stop moving? And then they're like, we can't, we're part shark. Which is um, something I remember from as a kid. I, I don't know if it was for all sharks, but I heard like sharks, if they stop moving, they'll die or something. Yeah, I think I remember something like that. They're all, their tails are always moving. Yeah. So I was like, that's kind of cool to throw in there. All, the, all those kids who were reading uh, zoo books back in the 90s are like, I know that. And then near the end of the episode, we uh, find they get to run into the henchmen. I wish I knew their names. I, I forget their names. Uh, I, I don't remember their names either. They didn't seem like they really said them. They just like showed up and then... Yeah. There's no real introduction to them, even though they are at the beginning. Um, and then they have a battle at a fair, a random fair. I don't know how they really got there. 
I know they were just still running from the police, and then they all were there at the same point. Yes, and that's when they got their name, because Ben's is like, or some kid sees them, and he's like, whoa, and Ben's is like, oh yeah, they're the street sharks. Yeah, it's a new fair attraction or whatever. Yeah, and I was just like, okay, I don't think you need to do that, but whatever. Um, I like how they use a Ferris wheel as a weapon, though. They, yeah. They literally bite the bars off and throw it at the henchmen. Was it a Ferris wheel or a roller coaster? I think there's both. There's a Ferris wheel, and then later on it's a roller coaster. Because one of the lines I wrote down, I think it was Ripster, maybe, that said it. Uh, the exact line is, that's how the coaster crumbles. Oh, my God. They, I guess they're wrecking that place. Yeah, it's pretty much destroyed because at one point, I think they throw... Maybe it's even the henchmen that throws the Ferris wheel at them. Then they break out of that, and then they eat the supports of the roller coaster. And I think that collapses then on the henchmen. And then I remember just when it seems like they got the upper hand, the military comes with their tanks and everything, and they're essentially outnumbered. And Yeah, yeah they, they get swarmed. Yeah, they get captured. And... That's the end of episode one, I believe. Yep, that's the end of the first episode. Did you have anything else to note about that first episode? No, I think we pretty much hit all the points. Um, one thing yeah, I that... will ask, uh, what's who's your favorite shark? I'm not sure. Because, I don't know, a lot was going on, and uh, it all three episodes moved at like a really fast pace. Yeah. And so... So I, I would have to watch more. I just I didn't get enough of their personalities. Or like it wasn't enough for me to distinguish between them um as there are sharks because Yeah. You know, before when they're human, you know, obviously here's their personality traits. These are different. And then when they turn into sharks, I kinda they kinda got lost on me. Yeah, because Ripster doesn't seem like the science type at all once he becomes a shark. No, he's violent. <laughs> he's just a badass leader who's in jeans and cowboy boots which is a weird combination uh, shark. so cool yeah <laughs> uh you know what if i had to vote i just i'll give it up to ripster because he's given off the you know the Leon, or leonardo vibes yeah i know as a kid I, I like ripster the most but i think upon watching this again i think i'd go for streets oh yeah just that goofy kind of crazy the character orange one no he's the, the hammer blue no, he's the blue one with the rollerblades. Oh, okay, so that leads right into you know story wise, right into episode two, uh, shark bite. So they're captured and they are taken by the military. Uh, the military is working with um, Doctor Paradigm because obviously the military doesn't know actually know what that they're working with this evil scientist guy, and um, he they're like drugged or get or whatever they're incapacitated yeah and, and he's actually about to do um like a vivisection or surgery or whatever you want to call it on um was it ripster the leader or no it's uh slamu slamu okay yeah they're about to do he's about to literally about to cut him open um but the april o'neill type character the female scientist i still don't remember her name um this was like her biggest contribution, I think, to the, <laughs> to this whole season. She um, she's able to sneak in um, because I guess she was supposed to help the doctor with the surgery, and uh, 
she distracts the guards by who are guarding the rest of the sharks by hitting um, an alarm, and they go run off, and she frees them, and then they free their brother. Um, and I know they they escape, and they meet up with Benz, who in who takes them to their their new underground base. I just like Ninja Turtles have a, a sewer base. I think this uh, base is better though. Yeah, this base is better because it's not really like a like a sewer it looks like someone built a, a really nice like hidden base um underground and it's underneath the hockey rink and then that's where like we said the, the joke um they get to the base and they're like you guys want to go order some food or get some pizza and they're like pizza Ugh. at the same time like who says pizza is gross come on i know i know you're making fun of ninja turtles but still yeah they just want to set themselves apart yeah um and so uh, things are good, they're safe, but Dr. Paradigm decides the best way to get them is uh, to capture Benz and uh, and then it's up to them to save Benz and um, Who gets captured twice in this one episode? Because <laughs> he, he, He's that type of character. Yeah, he definitely is. And uh, yeah, I, I mean that's the the gist of the plot i forget i know it ends with them getting uh like the doctor dr paradigm or who they call dr paranoid paranoid um he get, he's able to capture them and they're locked in some kind of genetics chamber so yeah what I, do you got I, for this um so i got a couple cool points uh they definitely start using their catchphrase in this one the shark attack which i also thought was jawsome yeah. Apparently, their number one thing is shark attack. Um, something that um, intrigued me with the guards is I don't know the time period that this is supposed to be set in, because the guards have laser guns. Yes, uh, I was also getting the the thought that like this must be in the future. Yeah. Or or their idea of whatever twenty twenty is. <laughs> yeah, I'm not really sure. And when we first get to uh, no, actually, the van has the jet power to escape. That's probably what you're thinking about, the jetpack. Okay, yeah, you're right. Yeah, because also, what world are we living in where a van has jet power and it can just like fly off? It's got jet power and it can fit giant mutant, mutated sharks. So. Yeah, because the, the van takes the jet power and they go up to the top of a building. And then Benz jumps off the top of the building, jumps into a dumpster, which is actually a hidden entrance for the underground base. Right, yes. Because the dumpster somehow connects to the steam tunnels that run underneath the co- the university as well as the comic book shop. Oh yeah, he, yeah, Benz was talking about the comic book shop. Something I did think would be cool. I Do you know who makes this cartoon? Like what company it was? I'm not totally sure. I I remember one of the end credits, one, one of the I don't know if it was one of the actual the animating company or the ones that like distributed it, but it was like DIC. I remember that was one thing from my oh, childhood yeah, that some show it was, yeah. like, it was like a kid's voice, dick. Yeah, because I think with the seeing that the bases are underneath the hockey rink, I kind of at one point wish this was by Walt Disney, because then when you go to the hockey rink, you can see the Mighty Ducks plan. Would have been the perfect crossover. Like, like the from the movie or the cartoon? The cartoon. Yeah, that would be cool. Or even if you do like a parody of the movie and just color the jerseys the same way and whatnot. Yeah, you totally so. could have. Um, an interesting thing, though, that I caught was Dr. Paradigm. Is he like a 
the very first Sheldon Cooper because apparently he graduated college when he was nine years old. I remember hearing that note. I didn't think about Sheldon, but yeah, that totally makes sense. And Sheldon could have totally been a or grown up to be a supervillain. Yeah. Just have to pack on a little bit of muscle, but you know. Yeah. Or get that power suit that the doctor was wearing. Which is it's different because the doctor has two hands, right? Yes. Why in the power suit does he have a hand and a claw? Yeah, I thought that was weird and also double weird when I saw him typing on the computer with a with that hook claw yeah. thing. <laughs> yeah, it's different. Um something that I also found funny, Ben's with his secret lair. He's already got vehicles already made up for them. Yeah, like, did you kind of foresee this, or what's what's going on there? <laughs> yeah, because he's got Ripster's motorcycle, and then he's got this giant doom buggy thing already yeah. set that's to size for the sharks. Yeah, they're like perfect size for them. And then uh, at some point during the episode, the sharks are all being chased down, and uh, I think they're trying to escape security or the police again, and there's bounty hunters out after them. Oh, really? Yeah, they go for an alleyway, and then the bounty hunters set out a, uh, a tripwire. <sighs> yeah, I remember that. And I don't know if the bounty hunters are supposed to be like a parody of someone, because one's really big and one's really skinny. So all I could think of was Bulk and Skull. Yeah, I can see that. You know, has has there ever been a Power Rangers cartoon? Side note. Uh, no, but there has been comic books. Yeah, I know. The, I know the comic books. I'm kind of surprised. No cartoon. Uh, no, well. no cartoon parody that I know of, at least. Yeah. Um, something else that happens. I think this is the first one of the first times that they go underground. Maybe. Yeah. Around yeah. that same time. I think so. Do you hear the ripoff Jaws music playing? No. Yeah, the whole time they're underground, it's like a cheap secondary Jaws soundtrack playing. Oh, it's probably like one note off or something. Instead of dun it dun it, it's dun dun yeah. dun dun. <laughs> And then at one point, uh, Ben gets caught again, and Dr. Pranide wants to inject him with Prana DNA to make him as new as henchman. Yes, right. Uh, but as we know, that fails miserably, and Dr. Pranide gets stabbed in the back of the neck with it. Yeah, because it was like a the, it was a needle on the end of this robotic arm that ends up going like getting knocked. It's, it's whipped it all over the place. Much. Yeah, exactly. And then conveniently stabs him right in the neck. Yeah, and then they, the sharks get stuck in a giant chamber that uh, apparently destroys DNA when it turns on. Yeah. Um, at this point, I'm, I'm just kind of like, okay, I, I wasn't 100% sure what his main idea is. Like, like what his overall plan is. What, he, what does he want to make? I think he just wants to turn everyone into mutated animal half-breeds. Yeah. Oh, you know, one thing we didn't mention in, for the first episode is um, their dad does try to stop Dr. Um, Paradigm yeah. in, in the beginning, and then he gets turned into a monster that we don't see, and he is able to escape, and then that's like the last we see of him for now. Yeah, yeah, because he is in later on in the seasons. Okay. Um because one of the sharks, I, one of the sharks I liked um, was the rock star shark. I forget his name. I still own that episode on VHS. <laughs> uh, man, I wish I could remember his name. But yeah, he, he gets—I don't know if it's a pill or something—and he drinks it in his hotel room, 
he sleeps at night, wakes up as a shark that can rock out. But apparently, the boy's dad was in the same hotel at the same point. I think in the exact same room, and he left the pill there. Oh. And the guy thought. I think he. The guy takes it, thinking it's like a Tylenol or something, because he's got a headache, and <laughs> goes to sleep after taking it, and then wakes up as a shark with not a That's... mullet, but kind of like raggedy hair. Okay, like like some like '80s hairband kind of thing. Yeah, pretty much. Okay. He's wearing. Uh, I can't even remember it because I thought it was funny. He's wearing work boots that aren't tied up all the way with the shoelaces just hanging out. Of course, because I mean, tying your shoes is lame. Yeah, yeah. You know, he's gonna just trip and fall, and then it's gonna be the end of him, probably. <laughs> but yeah, I'm yeah. pretty sure the boy's dad is also a shark of some some breed. Some, yeah. Or it might be like multiple sharks put into one. He's a super shark. He's a megalodon. And he's a Franken shark. That'd be cool. You just see him all stitched up and everything. Yeah. Do you have any other points for episode two? I was a little bit disappointed in. Doctor Paradigm, you know, he 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 gets hit with the the injection of the piranha DNA, and it isn't that significant of a change for him. It's no, he, just he loses his nose and he gets like a piranha mouth. Yeah, and his eye changes. I think it goes white and gets a little bigger. Yeah, I was. I mean, you could have at least like changed the color of his skin or make it scaly looking kind of, or make some of like some of the suit fall off and have it be fish scales underneath or something yeah or give him like one it, like one of his arms breaks through the suit because it's like totally mutated or something yeah but uh that's my only complaint i pretty much summarized my notes i know at one point the when ben's is captured they they agree the sharks agree to get captured on purpose yeah in order in order to get into the base and whatnot and and then obviously things don't end too well for them yeah but I think that's episode two. Yes. I think I'm going to have you do the plot for three because for me, the plot breakdown is just them breaking out of the tank and then them fighting Dr. Pronite and his, his henchmen because that's, to me, that's really all this episode is. It's just a battle. <laughs> See, I'm looking at, well, I'm and we, looking get, at my... we get more uh, detail of the guy in the sky because he's in this episode a lot more than the other two episodes. Yes. Um. So this episode's kind of like uh, so last episode of the season, um, big kind of high stakes going on. So they're, they're in the when we last left off in episode two, they're in the chamber. Um, he's about to splice them up. Um, oh, I, you know what? I have it noted on here. Apparently, Doctor Pirano's ultimate plan is to create the perfect being, mm. but using animal DNA. Apparently, don't remember how the sharks escape. I think it might have been something to do with. Ben's helping them, and then they were able to bite their way out of the chamber. Yeah, it's a combination of both those because they're okay. eating away the inside wall. Yeah, and at one point you just see a couple, like four bars, stopping them, and it's like, well, they ate a roller coaster, so they're definitely gonna get out of that. The news is apparently spreading lies about the street sharks. Somehow, Doctor Paradigm is cured. Not really cured himself. He's become, you'll see, a, a sort of Hulk type character. Yeah, he can control his mutation somehow. They don't show you how, I don't believe. It's yeah, just... but they, they state like when he gets angry, he turns yeah. into his piranha form. Yeah. So I don't know if it's something with the suit helping him contain it or not. Yeah. Um, okay, so the big thing is a lot of this episode deals with the, the eye in the sky guy. He he make you know, he's regularly communicated with because he's the one on the news talking about the street sharks. 
um, talking bad stuff. And so the female scientist um, is like kind of like contacting him to, you know, tell him what's what, um, telling him that it's actually Dr. Paradigm who's like mutated um, them. But then so Dr. Paradigm's like, I'm going to hold a press conference. He, he pulls a politician move and uh, he tells them like, oh, no, it's the sharks were these guys and they're dead. This famous scientist mutated them. I didn't really summarize this episode because you're right. This episode is just a big showdown. And the main thing is like, so I, I even have it written down here. Showdown at the nuclear plant. And I know the big thing is like um, with the smart bomb, he he kind of plans on like his big plot at the end or plan is using a smart smart bomb with the genetic whatever he made to transform everyone in the city. Yeah, it's like radiation poison. Yeah, essentially. And then, yeah, they managed to stop him. But that's just me summarizing. Obviously, we're going to go deeper in this with notes. Yeah. Um, did you want to start? Sure. Um, so, yeah, it, at the beginning, it is them trying to eat their way out of the tank. But Ben's does save them as well um, because the machine is starting to run and then he uses a cable to fling itself over to the control panel and then he turns off the control panel for it um, something that I find that was a running gag two things actually that's a running gag one the street sharks are always destroying TVs to get oh, angry yeah, and just yeah. destroy a TV for no reason Ben's yeah. even makes the jokes of this is getting expensive you're destroying all my TVs Yeah, and they're not <laughs> They're not little flat screens. They're big-ass tube TVs that are attached to the wall. Um, also, another thing is, uh, Guy in the Sky, he's always trying to get an interview of the sharks. Yeah. Every single point. Um, I also wrote down Dr. Pranide, something that helps him, I think. He mentions his suit is a respirator suit. Oh. So I'm wondering if that helps control his anger, keeps him, you know, more human when need be. I'm not really too sure. Helps him, you know, stay alive, of course. But so yeah, is that think, to say like he can't breathe without that suit? Maybe. Yeah, I'm assuming so. Okay. But, does he have a tank over his head? A glass? No. I can't remember. Well, I can't remember. I'm not sure either. Maybe. Now, the other thing that uh, guy in the sky is talking about is the henchmen. They dress up as fake sharks to uh, do a fake shark attack to make the real sharks look like the bad guys. Yeah, that's a that's a big plot part in this episode. They just have like a fake shark cloth that they put over their head. Uh, one funny line that I wrote down from uh, Shamu, I'm not sure what he was destroying at the point in time. It was uh, probably something in the factory. His line is, "Got my iron for the day." <laughs> I don't remember what he was destroying either. Yeah, it must have been something inside the nuclear factory because that's pretty much where they spend the majority of this whole season. Did you notice that the swordfish and the lobster are scared of radiation? Yeah, they're, I think they wanted to bail. and they, like They were like not wanting to fight anymore once they saw that the, um, there was literally about a, like a, a nuclear disaster about to happen. Or Yeah, they get scared and they run the opposite direction. I have in my notes, Chernobyl disaster. <laughs> yeah, I also wrote down that Dr. Pranide plans to DNA nuke the city. Yeah, that's pretty messed up, man. He said he would have a whole city of test subjects. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. So he pretty much just wants to bomb the whole place and 
you know, play around with his little test subjects. Other than that, uh, they changed the missile to hit back at the nuclear plant, which, sure, it blows up in the nuclear plant, but if it blows up in the city, it's still going to be the same combination because it's blowing up either way. Right. It's It's still in the general vicinity of the city. I thought that was funny because it's like, yeah, he sends a bomb and they manage to use the computer to turn it around back at them. And it hits... So the smart bomb hitting a nuclear facility, and then they're kind of celebrating, even though there's this like nuclear mushroom cloud going on like right behind them, and it's like this huge thing behind them, and they're acting like it's nothing. Yeah, it's just a typical Monday. They're like, "We did it!" I mean, we're getting doused in tons of radiation, and it's probably gonna go to the city, and but But whatever. At the same point, they probably don't care. They're already sharks. So what's the worst that could happen? I know, right? They're like, "Well, if we're dead, won't be." mutate anymore but yeah that's that's pretty much all i got written for this episode um so yeah it's kind of after the explosions like it seems that dr paranoid is dead but then you you see his arm in the wreckage and then actually like stands up like oh he's alive and then to be continued but Uh all in all i i watched it all in one sitting and i thought it was very entertaining probably the best thing we watched so far yeah, uh, same with you. Uh, with me. I watched it all in one sitting, and I think it's really good to watch it all in one sitting because since the, the whole season flows together and it's such a short season that yeah. you're you're literally just watching like a short movie. Um, I find uh, for its time, it has good anima- animation to it. Like it's not, it's a little choppy in certain spots, but it's also got good movement and you don't just jump from scene to scene just like the mutation scenes. You actually see it happening. So hopefully we'll have, with all the other seasons, they didn't do any cutbacks with that. So yeah, no, no ugliness of like, because you know, especially I'm sure with you, especially you when you watch stuff, you as an artist, you notice a lot of things. Um, yeah, but I didn't really, nothing really jumped out at me as being like, oh, that was ugly animation. It, yeah. it just to me, it just looked like um, a show from that time, and uh, it wasn't bad. I really liked the show. Yeah, it's not, I wouldn't say it's as good as, let's say, Ninja Turtles or Gargoyles or something like that, but it's definitely up there. Yeah. Um, in the entertainment factor, is just really high, and uh, it's just, you can tell when they made this, they're just making a show to entertain and have a good time. Yeah, it's something that they definitely they had a lot of fun with. There's a ton of puns and one-liners, so... Definitely well worth a watch. My only sadness is I don't think they made a game off of this, and I think that would have been an awesome 90s retro game. Yeah, I don't recall any game ever. I think you imagine on like Sega Genesis or Super Nintendo, and you, it's a it would be like a beat 'em up, but then you could also like go underground and stuff. Yeah, so if somebody wants to take like I don't know Ninja Turtles and mod that, you can definitely do that. Ooh, yeah. Because that'd be the perfect setting change the henchmen. The only thing that you have to do differently is the foot soldiers because there's oh. no actual army. There's only the henchmen and then later on there's a, a sucker or something or a squid because on YouTube I was watching There's it went into season 2 and the they introduced the third henchman. Oh, okay. I think I would just replace the, the foot clan with army of miscellaneous mutants. Or it could be the SWAT too, because the police are always yeah. 
police, military. Yeah, so if somebody wants to do that, you're welcome for the yeah. idea. <laughs> oh, one last thing. Um, the the Shark Brothers, they're they're legitimately good guys, and there have been there were like multiple moments when, like you know, the military or the police are after them, but you know they don't know any better. They're just like, oh, mutant sharks. But then the sharks are like, come on, guys, our our fight isn't with them. Yeah, they always yeah. they're always the bigger people and back off unless unless it's someone that really pisses them off. Yeah, then they're gonna eat their TV. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, yeah, I didn't really have any other announcements. This is a good one. Yeah, it was a good one. Yeah, I think we covered everything. We did it. Episode three. Yeah, episode three in the books. I don't know. Hey, we're as usual. I don't know what we're doing next, but we we decide pretty quick with what yeah. we're doing. And it's uh, been weekly, so that's good. And hopefully, we'll keep that up. Yeah, we got we, we get our process down, and we get these out pretty quick for you guys. And hopefully, uh, you know, you stay stick with us. We appreciate it for sure. All right. Uh, well, anything uh, you want to plug? Um, other than just uh, check out my Facebook page, the Illustrated Mind of Ty- Brian Typhair. Uh, just search Typhenstein; it'll come up. Links will be down below and whatnot. Uh, take a look at all my artwork and take a look at our gaming videos. That's about it. Uh, yeah. So we got, I got, I got two videos of our for our Nostalgic Dad Network that were um, in the works, and uh, just got some heavy editing I need to do. But uh, you know we got we have a Twitter and and our Instagram and uh, you could find me on uh, Facebook. I have a Facebook page, Virtual Rob, and same with my Twitter as well, Virtual Rob. Yeah, I think that's I think that's it for us. All right, guys, thanks for listening, and we will see you next time. Peace.